Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we rank and list everything from television shows to movies and everything in between. This is Top 5. In this episode, we're going to be taking a look at an interesting topic. The Top 5 Tales, or Stories, that Disney should adapt to animated movies. Top 5 Tales or Stories Disney should adapt to animated movies. Now, Disney, the Walt Disney Studios, has for millennium. Mm-hmm. It feels like yes. <laughs> been taking classic fairy tales and adapting them to animated form. Mm-hmm. Sometimes fairly straight ad- adaptation. Well, more or less. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. And then you get some of their stories where you put the Disney spin on it mm-hmm. and suddenly you don't open up the crypt and find two skeletons holding hands. Instead, right. Quasimodo runs off into the sunset, or, a happy, happy, deformed man. Or, or your mm. protagonist doesn't fall into the sea and explode into foam. Yes, exactly. Uh, so uh, we are saying, what tales should Disney jump into and Disneyfy into animated form? And I'm going to go first with um, a, a story from, I believe, China mm-hmm. called Journey to the West, also known as the Monkey King uh, story. Right. I don't know a whole lot about the Monkey King, except what I saw in that Jackie Chan movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the character of the Monkey King going on all these adventures sounds like it's a perfect setup for a Disney movie. It really is. I mean, uh, you know, the the, the, the the Monkey King is a, a secondary character, in, right. or is supposed to be, right. but very quickly steals the show. Sun Wukong, I think, mm-hmm. is the, is yeah. the, is the he, character. He is told by the celestial bureaucracy that he has to help this monk mm-hmm. get to... China? No. I forget actually where the uh where they end up going to. No, mm-hmm. India, I think to recover yeah. like Buddhist Yeah, uh, some some Yeah, like the 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 like the actual Buddhist scrolls. Right, right. And it's because he's been punished. It's because he's a total jerk. He's like right. a super powerful jerk. Right. And he kind of has to have that arc where he, you know, through the magic of Buddhism learns to be a better person. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that would be I mean, it's it's got all of the elements you need mm-hmm. to make a Disney movie, a 2D Disney movie. You don't have to make it 3D, a 2D Disney movie, Journey to the West, The Monkey King. And that's what it could be called. Disney's The Journey to the West, The Monkey King. So that's my number five. Matthew, what do you have as number five? My number five, and I may not be the person to really, you know, understand Disneyfication. Because for me, the most successful Disney movies are the ones that aren't really, you know, Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Like uh, The Dark Crystal. Right. Or The Black Cauldron. Yeah, well, they did The Black or, Cauldron. Or, you know, other movies that are uh, the the adjective something. Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to the gerund proper noun of like saving Silverman or educating Rita or, you know, whatever. Neither here nor there. My number five is a beloved property, something that I have loved since I was a child. And I think that done in Disney style, it would be fascinating because it has all the things that a Disney movie needs. It has emotion. It has action. It has a dead and or missing mother. <laughs> I would like to see a Disneyfied version, and this is possible now that they own the company, of Shang-Chi, the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. A young lad raised in secrecy in Hunan, China by his father, who is secretly the evil prince of the overlord, Fu Manchu. And he grows up loving and respecting his father, and only when he is a man realizes that his father is an evil, horrible, horrible human being. And he sets out to use his kung fu and his knowledge of good and evil to save the world, basically from his own father. And whether they do it, you know, flat out as a redemption arc or if they do it as a I must destroy you and only I can destroy you, I think it would be the perfect Disney film because, again, his mother's already dead. Right. You know, and it's got that that epic feel and that scope to it. And really, Disney, you know, they've done similar films. I would say that, you know, probably that arc sounds kind of familiar. But there aren't enough, um, especially, you know, characters of, of, of color, but there aren't enough characters that I believe really tie into that Asian motif and that sort of, you know, we are not from Mississippi kind of thought process. Plus, can you imagine how awesome it would be if they did it as a Disney Pixar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu? Yeah. Holy you know, crap. We, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on one of the podcasts, um, that there was this rumor going around that, uh, Pixar might do a Marvel property mm -hmm. as a movie. And then they talk to John Lasseter and he's like, well, that would be kind of awesome, but we work with original stories here at Pixar. And so we're going to pass. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this topic is kind of a, a tough topic because just when you start thinking yeah. about, oh, wouldn't it be great if uh, Oliver Twist were uh, 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 one of one of these stories, then you're like, ah, crap at Oliver here's, and company. Here, here's the here's the one that just killed it for me. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, of, you know, Rob brought up Oliver Twist, Rob brought up Hamlet, and I was like, okay, there has to be something out there, and I'm I'm gonna start thinking of more modern things. And I'm like, oh, I know, King Kong. Wrong, wrong. Disney's mighty Yo Joe Young. <laughs> Oh, well, crap. Disney sure. has done King Kong. Right. But we're talking specifically, in this case, animated movies. Yeah. So you're, that's your out there if you want to see I them do so. that. And, you know, and we're also talking about um, we're excluding anything that's feature-wise. So mm -hmm. when you talk about Hamlet and you talk about The Lion King, that's excluded. But right. you have to remember, too, and this becomes a little bit more difficult, um, Disney has done short subjects, super short subjects, mm -hmm. you know, back in the Mer Merry Melody days, where they may have done a Red Riding Hood. They right. may have done a three little pigs we know they've done three little right. pigs they may have done something along those lines so we're going to be somewhat forgiving and keeping this the exclusion list to, to the just the features, uh, you know the 53 animated. animated movies that they've that they've come out, out with or in process 53. including yeah frozen is the one that comes out in 2013 i believe uh yeah. so we've got uh the most recent ones princess and the frog mm -hmm. tangled which is rapunzel uh, Winnie right. the Pooh, already done many times. Wreck-It Ralph, which is an original story. Mm -hmm. And then Frozen, which is the um, 
Uh, I think that's the Scandinavian Snow Queen story. Right, right. So we've got those. They've done Chicken Little. They've done, you know, Brother Bear, you know, all those stories. Um, so we're we're just going to exclude those that are on the official Disney list. But, yeah, 53 of them. Holy crap. Oh, crap. I'm done. <laughs> so <laughs> who are we up to? Nobody told me about these exclusions. Matthew, you, and Rob. Rob? We have oh, we haven't done you? Okay, go ahead, Rodrigo. What do you have on, on your list for number five? Well, going uh, actually uh, – Somewhat related to what you said, Stephen, uh, my number five is also a mythological tale that is a, a beloved part of a different country's religion and that can then Disney can then mm-hmm. uh, stomp all over. Yes. Uh, one thing that we haven't seen Disney do is, or do too much, is Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, go through the prose Ada mm-hmm. and find the... Super cool stories about Thor smashing things on the head, and especially right. because especially now, they, now, yeah, yeah. Which actually, then now it might be a conflict because like yeah, yeah. we can't have this red-haired guy riding around a right. car pulled by goats, right, right, right. Um, but you know, I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff there. There's a lot of stuff in Norse mythology that they can play around with, and thanks to uh, you know J.R.R. Tolkien, mm-hmm. Norse mythology is kind of a household thing nowadays you know people are familiar with elves and dwarves and giants and things like that you know Mm -hmm. modern fantasy is based a lot on norse mythology so it it wouldn't be that crazy of a thing you would uh, you know with journey of the west journey to the west they would have to be like oh look at this this is a scary spirit that does this Mm -hmm. with you know the proseda they would just be like oh look a giant run Yeah, yeah 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 so anything from norse mythology or thor specifically I think Thor is probably the most relatable character, but there's lots of guys. I mean, the relationship w- between Thor and Loki is is definitely strong. You know, uh, Odin is at times that stern-handed ruler, but at times also mm-hmm. a complete like coyote-style trickster. Right. Uh, and that obviously, you know, in like that characterization comes from hundreds of years of stories being confused and attributed to different deities and stuff like that. So, like, his characterization isn't always mm-hmm. uh, consistent. Yeah. But, you know, so you could do that. You can say, well, here's a trickster father figure that right. does pit his sons against each other or yeah. does kind of teach lessons by having a one-armed man uh, lose his arm <laughs> in a boat accident. Well, Rapunzel, I mean, on. Tangled was that way. They didn't call her Rapunzel. Right? right, her move. Her name wasn't Rapunzel they, in that. Movie. I think it was, it was Rapunzel. Was it? It was. Okay. Yes. So, um, you know, you probably could get away with with things like that. So, mm-hmm. Rob, what about you? Uh, it's kind of funny that uh, Rodrigo mimicked you on his first one because mm-hmm. I'm gonna kind of mimic Matthew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would like to see Disney tell the Superman story. Hmm. Like, good luck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this this one's like this is obviously never gonna happen. Exactly, but and not necessarily specifically Superman, right? Clark Kent, but I mean, we've seen a couple of decent DreamWorks has already done Noah's or uh, Moses, so you got to be careful on that one, too. So, yeah, uh, but I mean, we've seen, we've, cu- we've seen a couple of superhero ones. I mean, we've got I didn't know Megamind and The Incredibles, uh, recently, both of which are great films, right? For entirely different reasons. Uh, and, and Megamind very much has that whole Superman motif of mm-hmm. the uh, characters from Doomed mm-hmm. Planets. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I want to see like the Disneyfication of that style of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like the hero coming into it, and uh, this would be kind of a similar to Hercules, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except this one would have dead parents instead of 
living prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it wouldn't. Well, it, I mean, his original parents, but yeah, Superman had like his adopted Adopt- parents yeah. are usually alive, depending on who's telling it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it was. It's. I just kind of want to see the how Disney studios, Disney themselves, would handle the Superman mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to how Pixar handled superheroes, which was. Fantastic in how Dreamworks handled super <laughs> smooth, <laughs> and how uh, Dreamworks handled superheroes, which was hilarious. Right. I, I kind of want to see the Disney very family centric, not dark version of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough, good enough. Let's move on to number four. Uh, a story that I'm surprised. I know they've probably done it in some little theatrical short somewhere along the lines. But why they haven't developed this into a full-length picture really surprises me. Uh, Red Riding Hood. Uh, yes, granted, there's the whole wolf-eating thing, but you can change that around, and we've kind of seen that uh, most recently with with Brave. You don't have to actually see the bear eating anybody. You know, you, you can allude to a lot of those things. But I think Red Riding Hood would be kind of an interesting uh, story to adapt, even though it's relatively short, into a 75-minute musical. Uh, and I think it could be done, and I think it could be done fairly easily and fairly well uh, with uh, some of those great Disney animators and, and storytellers that they have. Matthew, what about you? Hmm. Number four, you say? I do say. I think I may have misunderstood the assignment, but that's okay. Why? What was your number four? Well, let's see. What, did, how did you this. interpret it? No, no, no. Give us I your original number four, and let's let's see. Oh, I'm not changing my number four. Okay. I'm going to give you my number four. But I think my number four is actually more of a modern myth, sort of a modern story tale, uh, fairy tale rather, in that it's sort of – it's the story of a lone knight, uh, Michael Knight, going out into the world with his faithful steed and fighting evil wherever it raises its ugly head. And I believe that Disney should do an animated, straightforward adventure of Knight Rider – Voiced by David Hasselhoff, and I think they should do it as a just as a fairy tale, as the story of dun da da. He's going to go out. He's going to save you know whatever the kingdom is, the foundation for law and government. He's going to save that. I think that it would be fascinating to see that '80s property done and done you know well and done faithfully, rather than we're going to update it with new technology. Do it as a cartoon. Do it as a retro cartoon, and do it you know it. it as something where the technology basically works as magic would in that story. Plus, you know, I think it would be cool because you can have David Hasselhoff actually voice his character even though he's 100. All right, so here's how it opens, right? You go from black fates to blue, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes, you see the the little uh, shooting star arc thing. Like making the, the, the Disney castle, right? As right. it goes. Mm-hmm. And then once you have the full Disney castle in that uh, kind of Buena Vista picture style, like with the lines going through it, yeah, you see like uh, the you know when you're watching the um, the levels on a synthesizer, you know how they go up when the sound goes up, they right, go right. pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up. <laughs> Pop up, and then you like go into the do 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 do. That's perfect. I guess that would give. I guess that would give them a chance to have a Mater appearance in this. That would be a little cameo appearance. There you go. Yeah, can you imagine Kit talking to Mater? 
<laughs> I don't understand why you have such an interesting sort of vocabulary. I don't know neither what that none of that means there. Let's move on to number four for you, Rodrigo. All right, my number four? Yes. Okay. All right, so my number four is uh, one that would require a lot of tweaking. Okay. uh, And that is, of course, Prometheus. Uh Uh-huh. Not the not the Ridley Scott uh, <laughs> proto alien movie. Right. I mean, actually, the story of Prometheus stealing yes, fire, fire from, from the, the gods, gods. And, and bringing mm-hmm. it to man, uh, and that's about all that would stay from the original story because you obviously couldn't have the consequences of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Prometheus's story is, I believe, very closely tied to the Pandora's box story as well. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the the, the Prometheus cycle. Uh, so. I mean, I don't know if you could work that in or not, but yeah, basically this would, like, Prometheus probably wouldn't be a titan. He would have to be, like, a cool guy who steals fire from the gods and then gets in trouble for it and then does something cool to redeem himself. Right. Um, But there's a lot of stuff in uh, Greek mythology that can be tapped for stories. I think this would be one where, let's face it, whatever they find in Greek mythology with all the incest and uh, bestiality and crazy antics of the gods it's probably not going to be very sanitary so they're going to have to clean everything oh, up anyway well, I so mean, you might as well we were know. talking originally how this uh, top five came about mm-hmm. as we were talking about how they take a tragic tale like the hunchback of Notre Dame right. where everybody dies right. basically right. and they turn it into this real happy ending and all the creepy moments although some of the you know creepy mm-hmm. sexual innuendo mm-hmm. moments are still there they still make this wonderfully beautifully to look at mm-hmm. musical, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, With that great works. Songs. Yeah, so the you know when you say great songs, when you say, mm-hmm. "Oh, we have to change Prometheus," yeah, and that's yeah, why uh, we're absolutely. saying yeah. this is what Disney should take and absolutely. turn into their you little know, Disney a, style of happy endings. You know, the the, the gods get their own song, and you know, uh, Prometheus. Fire. Gets, yep, stealing oh, the fire. Like fire. the fire might be a character. Probably. No, actually. you have to use you have to word use uh, Arthur Brown. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. That's got to be his song. Okay. That'd be beautiful. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Even I, I, Steven isn't old enough to get that reference. No, I, I get it, Matthew. I, oh, okay. Let's go over to Rob with his, uh, with his number four. Number four, number four. Okay, my number four... Uh, my number four actually mostly comes from a lot of TV tropes reading. Uh, as I've never read the tale itself, <laughs> but it's in, in a lot of the TV tropes pages that I've read through recently, it's been specifically referenced, and it's the like, our dragons are different, our griffins are different. It's the Griffin and the Minor Canon. Uh, it's a short story by Frank R. Stockton, mm-hmm. uh, but mostly the the big thing that sticks out to me from what I've uh, read about it is that the title character of the griffin isn't a traditional griffin he's basically and, how we view a griffin? dragon mm-hmm. oh and it would just be and i would i could see disney taking kind of an ugly duckling approach with that oh yeah i could see that that would be good yeah and uh, just running that uh, basically running with the fact that the griffin isn't a griffin but a dragon and uh uh-huh. <laughs> That, that's he wasn't best. an ugly duckling at all. It turns out he was a horrible fire-dreaming thing. Yeah, but if you set everything up like, 
oh, we are all scary griffins, and you're not scary enough. You're all scaly and goofy looking. Yeah, you yeah. can't scare the peasants at all. And then so like the turnaround is he yeah. is super scary, you guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, you can have him go. Yeah. And vomit fire. For my number three, another one that I'm surprised that Disney has not done yet, Hansel and Gretel. Mm-hmm. You know, two children who have a wicked, evil stepmother who wants to get rid of them so she can have all the money and the husband to herself and forces the husband to go leave them out in the woods. Um, and they stumble upon the cookie cutter, you know, the cookie cottage. Like a gingerbread um, house, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the evil witch and they're kidnapped and how they have to work together to escape. And, of course, you know, I'll talk more about it in my number two, about how the villain is always ends up in their demise, but shoving the witch into the oven here is not going to be too much of a right. of a shock to audiences. Uh, but again, you've got the big happy reunion of Hansel and Gretel and their father and the mother who, in the original story, the stepmother has mysteriously disappeared, and there's the implication that she was the witch. also the witch uh, in that story. Um, so yeah, I think Hansel and Gretel would be a, a good story. Uh, or an easy story that could uh, that Disney could adapt that has a weird kind of bizarre moments into it, you know, cannibalism and burning the witch mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and all of these things, sticking the chicken bone through the thing, so the witch thinks that uh, Hansel is still it's still skinny, still skinny, uh, is just just ready for the Disney treatment. Uh, Matthew, your number three. My number three is going to seem even more unlikely than my number four, but you have to stick with me. There is in the universe uh, many, 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 many concepts. And, of course, one particular concept that I think is just dying for, you know, Disneyfication is H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu. And so what I'd like to see is that Cthulhu-esque tale, Stephen King's N. It's a short story. It's very specific. I would like to see that done in the old school horrifying Disney style, like what they did with um, the Headless Horseman, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to have you know the story where the man goes out into the field and he sees the the seven stones, and then realizes that the horrible monstrous Cthulhu things are on the other side, and he is responsible for keeping the stones. And eventually, you know, the story will be told. It, it'll have to be told in flashback as a story within a story within a story within a story. Are you you know that? You're talking about Call of Cthulhu, right? I'm talking about uh, the specific story I'm referencing is N by Stephen King. Oh, okay. So you want N to be adapted. I want N to be adapted specifically, but since N is clearly a Cthulhu tale, Mm -hmm. I want it to be something where that horrible, you know, the horrible expectation of Cthulhu and and Shagoths and, and Red Fox from the other world I couldn't remember the name of the thing, so I just called it Red Fox. Um, <laughs> you big white dummy, I'm going to eat your soul. Um, is <laughs> I want to, I mean, I think that would be really, really, and really awesome. I remember going when I was a kid to the theater and seeing the Headless Horseman, and I think it was a double bill with yeah, Mr. Mr. Toad's Toad. Wild Ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And both of those are scary. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're suspenseful movies. And I remember being scared by The Rescuers when I was seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they don't do scary films for kids anymore. They don't do films where you're like, no, oh, they don't. God. But, you know, even if they couldn't adapt in, um, mm-hmm. both Call of Cthulhu and At the Mountains of Madness 
are both movies that could be adapted by Disney into that mm-hmm. scary horror. You know, they've done some scary before. When you look at certain uh, scenes, uh, Night on Bald Mountain from Fantasia, yeah, from for Fantasia, example, certainly. is all yeah. about demons at, at midnight. Um, and you look at, um, as you said, um, uh, The Rescuers has some very creepy, scary yeah. moments. Mm-hmm. And then you it's have all really stuff previous to 1980. Sleeping Beauty in itself is a very dark, scary movie because it's taking place a lot in the Black Forest type region. And of course, you got Maleficent, who just is this terrible, horrible dragon throughout. You know, the movie is just got evil pouring through it mm-hmm. but you could really yeah, got like her little demons kicking yeah yeah. Around and... yeah i mean you could really adapt mountains of madness or call of cthulhu into a disney picture that makes sense um and still has some terrifying parts into it uh, but still mm-hmm. resolves into a happy ending without everybody going in, insane in the world mm-hmm. you know so that's not a, that's not a bad idea there matthew uh rodrigo over to you with number three all right my number three is Something that I'm really surprised that we haven't seen more of, uh, that we haven't seen Disney, you know, steal more of, and that's uh, William Shakespeare's work. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is The Lion King, which yeah, yeah. isn't explicitly Hamlet, but has a lot of uh, aspects of it. Right. Uh, but what I think would make a fantastic Disney movie is The Tempest. Yeah. Um, you know, here you have a man who is set in his ways, controls this whole island through magic, controls right. the weather, does all these crazy things. He's an amazing wizard. His daughter is rebellious. You know, a a, a young man has uh, arrived in the island, uh, you know, because of the father's machinations. Right. Uh, you have a, a, a beast who is a man. And has to go through that character arc. You have fairies, you have magic, you mm-hmm. have bumbling, hilarious characters. You know, you don't even need to make up wacky sidekicks because they're already written into the play. Mm-hmm. So I think The Tempest would make an excellent Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right on there. Rob, what about you? Ah, my number three is also a British classic British literature. Uh, I went with the Canterbury Tales. Wow. Mm. Wow, how would you do Ooh. that? Oh, that wow. would be interesting. That would, that would take some doing. <laughs> that would be, that would be hard. You have thrown the challenge down to Disney. <laughs> yeah. The Canterbury Tales. Talk about, the, the in a literal sense, the gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. No, and I, I'd see this. There's, there's some of the stories that obviously just aren't going to be able to be Disney-fied. The right. Miller's Tale. Right. Huh? The Miller's Tale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and mo- But most of them aren't too hard to do wouldn't mm-hmm. be terribly difficult to do i kind of see this uh either a live action uh with the actual travelers as they're telling their tales and right. then in the uh since a lot of them are telling these tales to get back at some of the other ones uh you have basically versions of them in each of the an- yeah. animated shorts mm-hmm. uh the, the, the hero of the story is obviously supposed to be the person telling the story right uh, the other one is the person that they're supposed to be deriding and so you basically you've got the exact transition that you've got between the canterbury tales and the actual mm-hmm. uh, narrative uh, yeah in the narrative so you've got the live action with the chaucer just sitting there writing everything down right, right. and mm-hmm. you know as and you just kind of go into his leading to his book as he's writing this down yeah, yeah. and it shows the story fold out uh, with the characters being designed mm-hmm. after the actors playing or you could just do it all well one of the interesting things about doing that is because we're seeing so many different stories being told 
is you could really play with animation style mm-hmm, where each mm-hmm, story is mm-hmm. in a different style. Right. And that could which, be interesting. But man, how would you how would you make would stories that would be awesome. super interesting to the general public? Well, what you, you know, do there's... is you get you get different different producers, different directors, different art houses and say, you know, this is the story and then they can tell their chunk of the story like Robot Carnival, one of my favorite movies of all time. They tell their chunk of story the way they want to tell it. And then you link it back through that narrative of someone telling a story. A big part of the reason, of why, course, why a big part of the reason why the Canterbury Tales kind of aren't interesting is the style that they're written in, and right? Something that you know, public or, or, or schools in general try to preserve. They don't give you the cliffs notes on them because they're like, "This is what English used to be like. This is yeah, what yeah. we're trying to teach mm-hmm, you guys." Yeah. And you know, as kids, you're like, "Oh my god, I don't understand what this guy is saying." But there's there's wacky things in the Canterbury Tales. Again, a lot of the stuff that I remember, because a lot of the lighter stories were like the super raunchy stories, right? Right. right. A little bit shorter and a little bit more action oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm sure there's stuff there. I mean, there are like what, like 26? Yeah. One, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, no, 21, 22, 23, 24. There's like 24, 25 stories in the Canterbury Tales. Like 25 different characters, each of which tells a story. So you can cut that. You can cut 15 of those characters out. Just leave exactly the ones you want and just tell those stories. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying you'd have to do all of them, but I'm just saying some of those would be. characters that you counted or? Yeah, 25 characters, each with their own story. Because the the thing was, they were each going to tell two stories on the way there and two stories on the way back. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, I didn't think there was twenty five. It's characters. just a, it's just amazing how many, how many you know books, uh, public domain uh, stories that Disney has you know co opted over the years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know when you get, I mean when you get down to it, you've got Snow White and Pinocchio based off their books, Bambi based off a story, uh, Wind in the Willows, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan. Yep, Sleeping yep. Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, all of these are all based on books. I mean, The Sword in the Stone is the ones in Future King right. uh, being adapted. Um, you've got uh, The Jungle Book and uh, Winnie the Pooh, of course, the A. Milne uh, stories. Um, Rescuers was actually a series of books mm-hmm. uh, that was adapted. But Black Cauldron is based on mm-hmm. the, um, the uh, what the hell is that that series? Is it the Black Cauldron series? I, th- I think the series is I called the Black Cauldron, isn't yeah. it? Okay. Um yeah, and I just I love that series of books uh, when I was a kid. Oh, I'm sorry, it's the Chronicles of uh, Pryden. What? Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, Lloyd uh, Alexander is the series mm-hmm. of books that uh, he he wrote those. Um, you know, so there's a number of stories, and some of them you're like, really, is that really a story from somewhere else that then became, you know, this this Disney property? And you're like, well, yeah. I mean, you you think about it, there's <laughs> well, a lot of them yes, out there. Sort of is kind yeah, of the yeah, thing. Yeah. Is like, well, they like, got the idea from it. Sure, and and Mulan, the Fa Mulan story is a uh, you know the the story that gets handed down, one mm-hmm. of those common stories uh, of the right. of the nation. Um, right. So yeah, there and are the Black n- Hole is based on a, an American movie called Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> um, so there are you know there are a number of you know these are coming from a lot of different places. Uh, the one that except for in and I forget which one it was. I think it's um, Make Mine Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Make Mine Music had Peter and the Wolf. Right. And that's one of the few Russian mm-hmm. stories that um, that Disney has adapted into uh, in, in, into an animated feature. So I was like, well, what Russian stories are out there that Disney could adapt? And Baba Yaga, 
I mean, even though the witch is an, oh, is an evil, evil person. Terrifying. Uh, well, oh. but I mean, if you think about it, when we Do talk it. about Do how it. evil, right. how evil characters come to their end, in one of the Baba Yaga stories, you know, she's captured this person and this girl and has imprisoned her there. And so she eventually escapes by t- taking all of these things with her. And so she's running from the castle and Baba Yaga sends the dogs after her. And to flee, she reaches into the, the kerchief and she throws back these muffins or these these sweets that she has stolen and, and to feed herself. And the, the dogs stop and they eat. And then she sends something else after her and the girl throws it. And at the end, Baba Yaga is so mad that these creatures have not done her bidding. And, they're, and then they suddenly turn on her and said, all this time we've been doing your bidding and you've never given us treats and you've never done this and you've never done this. And you can just see the witch going, no, no, as her creatures turn on her and devour her instead. I mean, yes, talk about a very spooky, scary ending, but oh, yeah. you know, Baba Yaga <laughs> chicken is, house. yeah, chicken house. I mean, Baba Yaga the, is the a, boy may never sleep again. <laughs> it, well, I think would be a fan, uh, just an super interesting property that has not been touched. And Disney could find a way to take this terrifying, horrible person and still make them horrible and terrifying, but you've got yeah. this central, good-hearted character, mm-hmm. and you turn it into a big musical and lots of stuff, and oh, it could be really, really and good. Lots of Russian music, which lots again, of Russian music, know, yeah, fantastic, and all. I mean, that's really that's what's uh, what's gorgeous about Peter and the Wolf is mm-hmm. that it's set to yeah, the Peter and the Wolf, yeah, the Peter, Peter and the music. Wolf, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that, and that is really nice. And I'm trying to remember, I don't think there's any talking in the Peter and Wolf. No, I think uh-huh. it's all... Well, there's the narrator. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, it's been so long since I've seen that. I've got it over here on the shelf if anybody wants to blot by it. But that's my and number two. I'm pretty two. sure that the narrator is uh, the guy who voiced Winnie the Pooh. Nice. Baba Yaga, my number two. Matthew, what about you? My number two is actually a property that Disney has done before. But in a, not in an animation medium and in a completely different sort of way. And it's one of those properties that's been around forever that everybody knows. It has a universal sell-through. And I think if done right, it could actually be a series of movies. The Adventures of Don Diego de la Vega, El Zorro. Oh, yeah. I think that, you know, a straight adventure story and part of the reason that I thought about this was that image of him uh, riding Tornado in the night with the lightning and thinking about all those awesome sequences in Brave where Merida is riding her horse. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be ridiculously awesome to just see them go nuts. It's not quite a superhero story, but I think it would appeal to the superhero fans. Oh, absolutely. The weird part would be how bumbling they would have to make Don Diego. <laughs> uh, when he's in his character as opposed to Zorro. And they would, right. unfortunately, I think Disney would go too far over the top. Not, you know, uh, what was the rogue character in Entangled? He would almost be a really, I mean, the way they presented the character mm-hmm. would almost work as Finn? the Don Diego. Finn, that was his, yeah, yeah. Uh, would almost work as a Don Diego character, but I'm afraid to separate the hero from the, Right from the right. the the day persona, they would have to go so far night and day difference that you would well, just see Don Diego as just this like Jerry Lewis, you know, stumbling, bumbling right. character. But I think it will help that they have his gay brother to play off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's part of canon, right? <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. Uh, but, but yeah, so Zorro, I think, would be a, a, an interesting property to examine. Yeah, and I think it would be incredibly interesting to see if they could do something with it that basically plays off the similarities and the all the things that came from it 
without doing Batman. Yeah. It would be tough. And unfortunately, it, audiences would be go like, that's just like Batman. And unfortunately, studio yeah. execs would be like, that's just like Batman. Well, um, I've, I've actually, you know, in the last couple of months, I've actually seen a little bit more of the 1957 Zorro season uh-huh. with uh, Guy Williams from Lost in Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who, by the way, not even a little bit uh, uh, Hispanic, to my knowledge. But you know, I think it's it's a really powerful character, and I think that it would be a lot of fun. I think Disney could have some fun with it, presuming that you know Zorro Inc. would even allow them to do such a thing. <laughs> well, I'd, I'm gonna. I was as you were saying that, I was like, well, who does own Zorro right now? Because Zorro you know, Inc. So many. Do they really own it, Zorro? Yeah, it's on. It's on the. Uh, if you read the Dynamite series, uh-huh. there's actually a thing in every issue that says Zorro owned by Zorro Incorporated. Well, the original basically it's kind of like street. Yeah, where you get the Zorros of many nations. Well, yeah. see the here's the thing though. <laughs> That's the one. The, where the the American Zorro is just called Yankee, and uh-huh. he's a Zorro with a, a, <laughs> and a giant yes, cowboy yes. hat, and he's like, "Yeah, partners, I'm racist." You know that you know that's one of the interesting things too. When you look at a lot of the stories that Disney has adapted, they've taken public domain mm-hmm. fairy tales, and that's why I kind of went through this idea as what you know kind of stories are still out there that they haven't have haven't taken. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the stories they've gone out and just snagged up public domain stories. Other times they've paid estates, like the Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Um, they bought the rights to Peter Pan. Do you know? Uh, what, do you know to use? Do you know what the deal was with Tarzan? Because I know that Tarzan's rights. That was an are... er. That was an erb agreement. The mm-hmm. two of them went in together and said, "Yes, we're going to work together on this." Mm-hmm. Um, uh, other ones they've bought out, like the Hundred One Dalmatians. They bought those stories right off. And what's really weird is, you know, like uh, Peter Pan. You know, even though it's owned by, you know, whatever the creator's estate is mm-hmm. in England, um, Disney still tries to assert a lot of copyright on Peter Pan, especially with Tinkerbell. Yeah. Um, all across the U.S. In, in the case of Zorro, the 1919 original story is in public domain. So right. Disney could go in and just say, guess what? We're going to do Zorro and it's 1919. And who don't care? We're going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. The television series, though, is protected, but it doesn't say... Uh, if it is Zorro Inc., but uh, from right. what I'm seeing is, you know, that original story, public domain. Yep. Go right. ahead, also, knock yourself out. I do want to point out that Guy Williams is apparently or was born Armin Joseph Catalano. He is half Italian, and his mother apparently was from Spain. So I take that back. Guy Williams is, in fact, partially Spanish. There you go. Rodrigo number two. Number two for me is a story that I became aware of after I started working at my actual uh, day job mm-hmm. in PBS after watching a, a, a documentary that I thought was going to be mega boring and turned out to be a, a real amazing experience. I think this would be a lot better as a live action movie, but it would make for a really good animated movie too. And this is the story of a man named Horatio Nelson Jackson, the man to take the first cross country road trip across the United States. Oh, we in were a talking car. about this. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is we a fascinating this. story. This is an amazing story and yeah, such yeah. a Disney story. Yeah, yeah, it really like, is. A guy takes a bet that he can make it across the United States in a car. There are no roads, no interstate, no nothing. Like just wide open United yeah, States, yeah. just country roads at best. Not even country roads. I mean, especially right. when you're going from. Uh, Nevada through basically Kansas. Right. You're just driving through prairie. Right. And There's, mountains oh, wow. and swamps. There's just nothing there. Nothing. Yeah, no yeah. GPS. No nothing. Right. Yeah. 
Um, he hires this like super manly man to be his uh-huh. driver, and you uh-huh. know he's a he's a doctor. He's a he's kind of a he's a blue or a white collar worker. Yeah, you know, and uh, he so he. You know, he just takes this bed and he's like, no, the automobile can make it. Somewhere along the way, they literally pick up an awesome pit bull, like yes. a, a dog. That just joins. finds them. Yeah, the dog finds them and they put it. And there are actual photographs of the three of them in the car and the pit bull or the, the dog. I think I'm pretty sure it's a pit bull or some uh, similar it's race. It's some, yeah. Um, named Bud. Has is wearing goggles. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. had driver's goggles on this dog. You yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. come on! <laughs> this you know, is such a Disney movie. <laughs> this actually happened. And you know how Disney would do it? The dog would talk. Yeah, and say, "Keep going, Horatio. We'll make it home, and you can see your wife real soon." And of it course, then you have to, to make it a squirrel. <laughs> then you have to have the evil side, which right. you know. And and during which this story, happened too. yeah, in, in the story. <laughs> In the story, there were like three other companies. Two car manufacturers were trying to do the same thing, and so they sent two cars out. And then some, I think they were Italian or French brothers, uh, mm-hmm. decided to go across in this car that was like basically a baby's carriage <laughs> with wheels. And um, But in this case, how they would probably change it around where it's a race where it's mm-hmm. all, you know, yeah, like two it's a, other... It's, it's a race pretty much from the beginning. As yeah, opposed yeah. To how it actually happened, which was... You know, some Johnny come lately is trying to get in on that yeah, action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could see the twirling mustache guy mm-hmm. who's always trying to sabotage their car. Which and... would be difficult because I think the actually Horatio Nelson Jackson had a oh, handlebar mustache. I'm sure they all did back then. Yeah. But, you know, the competition are these foul, you know, yep, yep. You know mega corp yeah. uh, kind of guys. One really skinny guy and one really yeah, yeah. F- short fat guy, yeah. right? And they're both wearing top hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how does it conclude? How would you conclude that? You know, to where you wipe out the because you have to have an anta- or the antagonist, right? How I do you think, get rid of the antagonist? I think what it ends up hap- what ends up happening is it's not the the robber barons themselves right, who right. are doing this. They're just sending telegrams, and eventually it will be the chumps that they've hired to do this turn on them mm-hmm. at the very end, and they're about to win, and they're like, you know what? Our employers don't deserve this, and finally, you know the. Horatio and Bud and his driver finally limp through the finish line in New York, and crowds are cheering. And everything. Yeah, and crowds yeah, are yeah. cheering, and the the you know it redeems the 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 mugs the, like the, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. thugs that they've hired yeah, screws yeah. up the bad guys. The heroes win, and, and then everybody goes out and, and the, has non-alcoholic beer. Together. And the robber barons have bet their entire fortune on this, yeah, so they lose their and entire so they lose fortune. their entire fortune. Yep. There you go. I like that. End up in a paper bag. And if you guys wonder what the hell we are talking about, go watch the documentary uh, about Horatio Nelson, and you will be totally drawn into a two-hour movie that has nothing. It's nothing but a story about a guy driving across the country, and it's narrated by Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. And the only way they know what happened in this story is that every day Horatio Nelson was writing letters home to his wife. Well, that's that's why it's so well documented. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. There are so many like just road trip moments in it. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, like this is a beautiful. You can story. see him. You can see him chugging around this cliff, and you need to pay attention to the road. What are you talking about, sir? I always pay attention to the road. Ah! Yeah. You know, you can have the. Yeah. I mean, there are. This is this is a gorgeous true story because it was the first road trip across yeah. the United yeah. States. It's where family vacations come from. Exactly. You know, the hardest and... part is going to be. Figuring out what it looked like without roads. Right, right, and and, but it, there are so many things that are resonant of our modern, you know, kind of banal road trips that that we take nowadays. You know, that aren't grand, but 
stuff that happened back then mm-hmm. still happens today. You know, it's 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 a really it's a really fun, crazy story that actually had a happy ending and ended well. Excellent. I like that story. Rob, over to you with number two. Okay. Uh, my number two doesn't entirely come from me. Uh, basically, once I realized just how much more thought I was going to have to put into this than I initially expected, because uh, you know, I was like it's I could do all of it. No, or him. No, and just it's like okay, Walter's online. I'll ask him something. <laughs> see what he's got for ideas for this. So that. Uh, Walter is mostly crazy, but he's also got just this vast suppository of... Er, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the right word. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly the right word. Well done. He's got this vast oh, repository man. of just random knowledge for... for I, it, just, it is like Matthew with comics with just a anything uh-huh uh so it's like what what would you do with this situation and the best one that the two of us came up with after bouncing it back and forth for about 15 20 minutes uh was do dracula and like 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 the nice. universal style monsters dracula yeah, yeah. and frankenstein and the mummy and whatnot except do like a very disney-fied version where they're the heroes yeah uh, there is a movie coming out. It's not by Disney though, called Hotel Transylvania. Uh, Hotel Transylvania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but no. I mean, I think it could work. I'm so sad. I am a tragic character. You just cast. Uh, oh, what's his name? The guy from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. yeah he did he, the, I mean, he's mm-hmm. basically done a strong musical yeah, yeah, yeah. featuring Dragon. Neil already. Patrick Harris. No, 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 no. The other, the other one, the Muppet the guy. One. Oh, Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. You cast Marshall. <laughs> yeah, Marshall Erickson. Yep. All right. Now we are down to our number ones. Number one. And my number one is, again, another one I'm surprised has not been snatched up yet because it's a perfect property for Disney to adapt, and that's Rumpelstiltskin. Hmm. Um, I had thought for years that Disney had done a Rumpelstiltskin short, but what actually happened was that growing up as a kid, I had a number of these Disney records that would tell stories, mm-hmm. and they were well-produced stories. And Rumpelstiltskin was one of those stories. So growing up, I just thought, oh, well, there's got to be some animated version of Rumpelstiltskin out there. But no, they haven't. And, you know, I'm, I'll give you anything you want, princess, but you just have to give me your first name, boy. And then she agrees. She marries the king. Life is great. I've come for your child. Unless you can answer me this question. What's my name? <laughs> and then she sends out the handsome prince or the king or whatever goes out to help discover this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this riddle or discover this mystery and we find out about Rumpelstiltskin and him stomping his foot through the floor and ah, yo. I think would be a very good Mr. story Mr. so that's my number one Rumpelstiltskin I don't know why it hasn't been done It's it's got such be- potential because of the name well you change it to something else I mean Rapunzel was changed to Tangled you change Rumpelstiltskin to uh, Bob Smith to, to draw into gold. Yes, Chaim <laughs> <am> Berkowitz. Yes, <laughs> yes. That that'll send a positive yeah, message out. <laughs> Hello, I'm this tiny man who can turn stuff into gold. Oh come on, you, you Ferengi. Uh, no, no, absolutely. What I'm saying is, we need to stop this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and I say unto the Ferengi. I'm pretty sure that they made a Rumpelstiltskin thing with the Muppets. Oh, they may have. And right. it was like... In fact, I know they have. It was like a, a back when they were doing like made-for-TV yeah, yeah. movies starring R&B princesses. Yes. yes. Stuff. I know it's it's either yeah, Monica yeah. or Ashanti is in it. Probably. <laughs> I'm not counting Jim Henson stuff because that's sure. really not no, totally. yeah. Disney uh, stuff. Yeah, and it's not animated. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the girl who did Lord of the G-Strings did a version of it called Rumple Foreskin. If I'm not mistaken, so <laughs> also not appropriate fun. for this discussion. Matthew, what is your number one? <laughs> My number one. We actually referenced this when we reviewed it for the Major Spoilers podcast. www.majorspoilers.com. You really don't have check to check it out. www in front, but okay, you do. Shut up. It's the worldwide interweb, and it's the story of a group of strange creatures in a very Disney sort of world. And you can even use it, you know, if you, well, as long as you're careful, you can use it as a metaphor. You can use it as a parable. You can use it as a big green metaphor like Wally. And it's the story of a group of beans led by their hero, Mr. Spook, and Professor Garbanzo, the scientist slash inventor who, you know, betters their lives and their existence on the island of the beans. Tales of the Bean World would be an amazing animated series. And the only reason, animated film, the only reason that I think that they haven't done it is because they would ruin it. But well, I'm presuming, I'm presuming that they're going to do it right. And for, you know, for your first, your first movie, you can do the point where the baby beans arrive, the puddle pool cuties arrive no one knows what's going on. Grandma Pa, the giant tree from which the beans all sprout, sends down a pod full of baby beans. You can establish, you know, that that figurehead society of Mr. Spook, the hero, and Professor, the scientist, and Beanish, the artist. Mm-hmm. And you can, I mean, you can literally, you can make a microcosm of anything. And I'm not talking about how Gilligan's Island is technically the seven deadly sins. I'm talking about actually doing it on purpose. And then, of course, you know, you get to you get to hear uh, Maurice LaMarche doing Mr. Spook in in his Richard Nixon voice, because that's how Mr. Spook talks. And if he doesn't, my daughter will be very upset, very upset. (laughs) Well, I think that's kind of the problem, though, when you're saying, oh, they're going to do it right. No, I'm saying Disney's going to Disneyfy it. So that's that's kind of the thing here is they're going to Disneyfy it. And that's why, you know, we don't see a lot of um, properties just being you know, Disney's not cranking out six animated features a year because some creators are going to look at stuff and go, I'm giving up all control of this property to right. this company that some people consider an evil corporation. And and traditionally, you know, Disney stuff gets so much play, so much... Right. Uh, it's, it just becomes so well-known that they become the definitive characters. Right. I mean, if you look at Xenoscope's mm-hmm. uh, stuff, mm-hmm. like, those girls are and i'm throwing some air quotes here dressed sure they are they're dressed like the disney princesses right not i mean specifically the 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 snow white one has like little yellow shorts Mm -hmm. and like the puffy sleeves because that's what snow white wore right except it was you know well but also that actual fabric but also too even just taking the grim fairy tales or the hunchback 
they totally twist that story mm-hmm. into something that has that happy ending to where it's like, oh my god, the, they so they filled the the wolf's stomach up with stones, sewed him back up, and threw him in the river. No, Disney wouldn't do that. They would sure, be like, sure. tra la 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 la. Oh, let's make you a giant well, meal, I'm, Mr. I'm Wolf. Sh- I'm pretty sure that there is a short that is uh, Little Red Riding Hood, and it's the same wolf from yeah, yeah, Three the, Little the, Pigs. Yeah, across yeah. the Three Little Pigs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that it's just that the hunter shows up, or the ranger or whatever shows up in time, and yeah. just beats him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like hits and him that's, with a yeah, that's certainly in, in the short. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you're right. All right, we've heard my number one, we've heard Matthew's number one. Rodrigo, your number one. All right, my number one is a book that I was uh, a little too old to be uh, really affected by, but I saw what it did for my uh, for my little brother. When he was little, he really liked it. Um, it's called Stella Luna, um, and it's a story about a little bat who loses her way. She loses her mom in the forest, mm-hmm. and she ends up living with a family of birds, who want to teach her to be a bird, mm. and they don't, like, the mom gets, like, really flustered when she tries to do bat things. Yeah, 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 So she tries to live as a bird, and she really can't. And eventually she finds other bats and then tries to teach her adoptive siblings how to be a bat, and they can't do it either. So it's a, it's a weird story. You know, it's not a direct yeah, story yeah, of, a, like, oh, <laughs> you can do duckling. whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, no, you should do what you're good at, but that doesn't mean we can't be a family. Right, right, right. So it deals with themes of adoption. It deals with themes of not fitting into your family. It deals with themes of being away from your family. Mm-hmm. Lots of emotional ground that you can uh, really mine for content. Now, there is a film that has already been made. It's I, a Warner like Brothers a, movie, right? Yeah, like With a direct-to-DVD film. Oh, okay. Of this particular of story? The, of still, oh, okay. like literally that... that franchise has been done so all disney has to do is buy the rights bury this like it never happened which it has before with some other stuff right and then just crank out this movie and it would be fantastic it's a really pretty thing if you like google stella luna that character is just so cute Mm -hmm. it's like this little fox face bat and um is is just i think it would make for a great story the little birds that it hangs out that she hangs out with her you know brothers and sisters yeah yeah are like rowdy and kind of you know they have their own little personalities and there's lots of stuff lots of potential for music and song sure you know lots of stuff that you can do with it okay rob it's down to you all right uh after hearing rodrigo's number five and number four and your number five mine may feel kind of like a big cop-out but uh, (laughs) yay (laughs) cop-out i Uh, want them to adapt kevin smith's (laughs) (laughs) cop-out yes (laughs) Yes. No. My number one is mythology in uh-huh. general. Just, just there's so, so something specific. Many give me, things. give me an example there's... of. Give me one that you would like to see that we haven't seen. Uh, it's something from an Egyptian pantheon. Just, just any go. sort of story there. There's stories, tons of extra stories from the Greek pantheon. I mean, a the Odyssey. Oh, see, there you uh, go. The Odyssey would be kind of interesting. Kids, uh, did I ever tell you the story of how your uncle chopped me apart and your mom put me back together? <laughs> ba, 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 ba. In fine. the spring of zero, 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 <laughs> I was working as a dead thing. Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. I, 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 I know Greek mythology so much more because that's that's the one that we right, right. focused on. But yeah. 
every mythology has literally hundreds of stories yeah, that yeah. you can pull from. It's it's so interesting, you know, when you say that. I, you're right. I mean, there are so many myths, and it, unfortunately, I don't know if it's just Western eyes, and that's why I tried to throw in some tales that just weren't Germanic, you know, in, sure, in nature. Sure. Um, but, you know, we uh, there's probably a wealth of stories from India, from mm-hmm. Asia, from Russia, from South America yeah, actually, I, that have I, just not been tapped. Yeah, I was I was tossing back and forward uh, talking about the Proseda or like the Upanishads. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that stuff is there. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. I mean, again, you know, you have to be severely tweaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's certainly available. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, Rob, I think, uh, you know, just, just mythology in general. Yeah, and then we've even got like modern American mythology, like Paul Bunyan. And... Well, they have done Paul Bunyan and Pecos Bill and that in the um, in the uh, series on. Uh, I forget what the name of it was. I'll find it here in just about two seconds. It was during the Melody Time. I think was was that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those were just shorts, though. I yes, mean, those were all shorts jammed together into uh, during the the nineteen forties. Disney went on kind of a goodwill tour around around the world, mm-hmm. and since a lot of the animators were hired away and film was scarce, they took a lot of short stories and slammed them into gi- one, you know one giant movie. So you've got Saludos Amigos uh, is one that has um, Donald Duck and Jose, uh, or yes, Jose, and I forget what the other one is. Um, the other guy with the, he's a parrot. Yeah, Jose. Well, Jose uh, is the parrot. It's Jose and Panchito, Panchito is the uh, there you go the rooster. Yeah, and yeah, so they go. take all of these short stories uh, from South America because that's where the Goodwill tour was going on. This is an amazing story. I did not know in. about this. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So during World War II, that they decided that they would go on a Goodwill tour to spread good word about America, and so they sent uh, Walt Disney and a bunch of his animators down to South America, and they were just going around sketching things, showing things, and they're like, "Oh, here's this story about the little gaucho." Well, let's turn that into a little story. And so they took these little shorts and they mm-hmm. strung them together with Donald Duck and the other two characters, the other two birds, as the through characters, as they're traveling from basically the tip of Chile all the way up to Mexico, That's I think, cool. is where they, they ended yeah. up with. Um, so it's it's really cool. And so we've got Saludos America, uh, Amigos, the Three Caballeros, uh, which is another one mm-hmm. um, that, again, expanded upon that South American Goodwill Tour. You had Make My Music, which was really odd because you had Fantasia um, that wasn't, wasn't a success, but they t- tended to do that again. And so you had a bunch of musical numbers telling these short stories. And that's where Peter and the Wolf comes right, in right. Uh, from that. And this was all because of World War II. And then the last one, or two more, uh, Fun and Fancy Free, and then Melody Time were the last two. And I think it's Melody Time had the um, American West stuff. So you had um, Johnny Appleseed, mm-hmm. um, Pecos, Bill. Pecos Bill, and I think the Paul Bunyan one was in that one. I can't remember. It was either that or Fun and Fancy Free. No, Fun and Fancy Free was the two shorts of uh, Bongo the the Bear and, and, Mickey, and Mickey and the, the Beanstalk. Beanstalk. So, yeah, those movies came about because of this this Goodwill tour and the fact that they didn't have as many animators as, right. as they and, once and this did. Was, I mean, didn't the government basically yeah, the government were like, hey, Disney, we're afraid that yeah, the yeah. Mexicans are going to side with yeah, the yeah. Axis. With the Axis. So, so, so go... <laughs> 
go go down to all Latin American countries and make sure they like us. I mean, yeah. that's, that's it's incredible. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. It's, go ahead and create a Mexican. You didn't know that before. I, I mean, I real uh, before the show, I I, I realized that, but just it, it was like maybe a year ago mm-hmm. that being like, you know what movie I used to really love as a kid, The Three Caballeros. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna find out more stuff about it. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting to to see that and how. They just did everything they could to scrape together movies. Here's the thing. It was wildly successful. It it was an initiative that was yeah. really successful. There were uh, companies from several countries that did go into World War II that weren't necessarily with the Allies right. from Latin American countries. Right. I mean, they were on the, the side of the Allies, but they weren't you know, necessarily like pledging tons of stuff to the right. Allied forces. And one of them, one of the one of the Mexican forces, actually adopted Panchito as their mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's so yeah, fascinating. I mean, it worked. I mean, and you know, you have to also re- remember too. Um, Snow White made Disney an overnight success mm-hmm. from that, and so following up that with with Pinocchio, um, again, just capitalized that Mickey Mouse was already a huge character. You've got. Um, uh, Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, not so good, but uh, Dumbo, all coming up, leading up to World War II, and suddenly Disney can do no wrong at this point. So as an ambassador of goodwill to represent America, who doesn't know Mickey Mouse? Everyone around the world knows Mickey Mouse, so who better to go out there? And Disney was like, well, I'm going to take my animators along and show them these different countries and suck, you know, figure out ways that we can incorporate that right. into films. And, and, and making just tons of money in the yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know... Disney continues that today, and and so the purpose of this top ten is if Disney could go out and find stories, what should they adapt? What what would you like to see next? I know we've got uh, coming out. I said in two thousand thirteen is Frozen, which is the story of the Snow Queen, which uh, I haven't really. I don't think it's really been announced whether they're using, um, you know, the Scandinavian story of the Snow Queen, or if they're using a different. Um, it's not a Hans Christian Hans Christian Anderson, Anderson version of the Snow Queen. Um, you know, to tell the story, but it looks like it's probably going to be the, the Anderson story mm-hmm. uh, for that. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tales out there and we want to know what you, the listener think Disney should adapt into an animated movie. Ideally we're looking for, you know, short stories, fairy tales, uh, those kinds of things. We're not looking for the alphabet for Disney to translate into an animated movie. Oh, that would I, be awesome. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if they could ever get the rights to, you know, uh, curious George, uh, you know, as an as an animated movie, or you know, any a I number of other. I, I think there's a you know there there were a lot of uh, there was a lot of talk about um, the Lion King being a ripoff off of, of Kimba. Uh, Kimba the White mm-hmm. Lion. I was like, you know, what happens when Disney gets Astro Boy? What happens when Disney yeah. you know goes to places that have these franchises that yeah. already exist and they just Disney you know, it? Yeah. But literally, you know, they they have Tinkerbell come in and flick her magic wand at them. Like, yeah. what happens to them? I, I've wondered, you know, what would happen if Disney got their hands on Tolkien and decided, hey, we can do better than what mm-hmm. what uh, Rankin Bass did or what um, what uh, Jackson did. Right. Let's create a Disney version of of the or Hobbit the Rings or, or the, the Hobbit. Cimmerillion or whatever. Uh, you know, who knows the be the Adventures of Tom Bombadil. <laughs> well, who knows? Uh, all right, listeners, that Bombadilla, wraps it up for this Bombadilla. episode of Top Five. Thank you so much for downloading, and please head over to Majorspoilers.com. Share your thoughts, share your ideas. Tell us what tales should Disney adapt into animated movies. And until next time, remember, everybody loves a list. Mm-hmm. 
If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.